Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Bring your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Good morning to you. It's 9.03. Stephen McIver in the house for you. It's the it's the Weight Watchers version of the show today. We're here till 10.30, then we're going to build up towards the second uh, one day between the Black Caps and Bangladesh being played in Nelson. But there's plenty to plenty to get your teeth around. Uh, the lads have been asking, what, what would you, your favourite cricket wish be? Or sorry, your favourite Christmas wish be if you sat on Santa's, Santa's knee? Well, you can still carry that on if you'd like on the Timber Bedpost text line. That's double eight double three. The other one I'd like to throw out for you just for a little bit of a, a thought today. How big a stadium does Auckland need if you want to build a new stadium? Bill Foley, the, who's got the new uh, A-League franchise, says he wants to build a 20,000-seater, a little 20,000-seater on the waterfront. And we know everybody else wants 40 to 50 to 60 to 70. You don't need that. We're a small country of 5 million people. 40,000 be perfect. Nice uh, rectangular stadium to cover off in a nice little precinct. But do you want one? That's the question. Do you want a big stadium or do you want a sensible stadium? Because they, they've had four bids go in front of the Auckland City Council. Uh, Mayor Wayne Brown very keen to do something and create a better environment in the downtown area. Uh, what do you think? Just a thought. You can throw it out there, 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Or you can temp- text me on the Bedpost text line on double eight double three. Coming your way before 10.30 this morning, we are going to talk to Stephen Mulhausen from DAZONE about the Parker-Wilder fight in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia and also Joshua against Wallen as well. Massive, massive card. Junior Farr, believe it or not, is on the undercard in a heavyweight fight. I spoke to him, I texted Mike Ango from uh, CKB, who's looking at, he's coaching far, and he's pretty excited about all of this. But what has been happening in the last three days at St Cuthbert's Pool, swim hall, has been what you'd call in American terms a combine, a water polo combine of young women and young men. Uh, Platform sports management, Amrit Rai, who we spoke to about a month ago, has been setting this up to give American college coaches the chance to come and look and say, hey, there's a lot of talent here. Well, I can tell you there is a lot of talent here. And speaking with Amrit last night, they are extremely, extremely impressed and have checkbooks in hand, I'm told. Three college coaches are out from Penn State, Brown University, which is an Ivy League, and this one here out of California, University of Pacific. They have uh, a team's water polo teams called the Pacific Tigers. Well, one of their assistant coaches is, uh, is uh, Sefi Tuiaso, Auckland-born Samoan, uh, coaching water polo. How does that work out? Well, why do we ask him himself? Morning to Sefa. How are you? If, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm great. Yeah, well, w- welcome to New Zealand. Uh, well, this is what, what, welcome home, I suppose I say, don't I? Exactly. Welcome home, and the sun's coming out for us. So, uh, enjoying that for sure. So tell me, uh, Auckland born. So, how long ago was that, and when did you then go to the States? Uh, 
I was actually born in Wellington. Okay, uh, my bad. But, uh, <laughs> no worries. Uh, so I have to rev the capital city. Um, and a while back, a while back, I'm, I'm just over 30 and uh, uh, played my uh, development career out of the Wellington Regional Aquatic Centre and Wellington College. Um, and then after a little bit of opportunity to play for the New Zealand national team at a young age, uh, managed to get seen by a couple of coaches and slowly made the progression over to the U.S., so my understanding is that you had one year at a junior college and then you were picked up by a Division One team or a Division One co- university, yes. is that right? Yes, yes. So I, I went to a junior college uh, in California. Um, it was just an opportunity that presented itself to get seen by more coaches and seemed like the right thing to do in terms of opening a bunch of doors, more doors um, for me. And then from there was... Uh, transferred to the University of California, Berkeley, and played under one of the best coaches in the MC2A. Um, so. So, so what fascinates me is what drives a young, a young Kiwi to go and play college uh, water polo and then end up being a coach in water polo? For sure, for sure. I think, uh, as you know, and as you're well-versed, uh, New Zealanders typically are very sporting uh, people like we love being athletic, we love being outdoors, we love our codes. Um, and I was a rugby kid growing up and used water polo as fitness. But uh, it seemed at the time that my my career in rugby was coming to a close after high school. Uh, there weren't all the academy programs that there are now, and um, I didn't know the pathway there. I didn't really know the pathway within water polo either. But uh, it just and the opportunity uh, arose to to go overseas and I wanted to use my athletic talents uh, to pursue studying and getting a degree and furthering my education. So um, from there, I was lucky enough to graduate from a really great school. And then uh, I didn't didn't want to give up my daydream, I guess guess you'd say, and uh, Hmm. wanted to keep staying involved with sports and uh, just keep committed to the process. It was a long one for sure, but uh, definitely, definitely worth it. So what is it that attracts young men and women to water polo from your own experience? What draws them in there? Because we know they can go to Europe. Uh, there are professional competitions over there the, and the likes. What, what is it about this, this sport? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's definitely a growing sport in New Zealand. Um, but the main thing is, is that, you know, the hubs and in Aotearoa that are really good at it are typically beach uh, communities. So your Tauranga water polos, your North Shores, um, your east, eastern bays of mm-hmm. Auckland. Um, these, these areas, people love the ocean, they love water, and they, they also play a, a variety of different sports. Um, <clears throat> most of those kids end up dropping swimming to stop chasing lines and Playing like a more physical uh, and more dem- <laughs> sorry white line fever man <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, respectfully, yeah. respectfully you, you got to be special in white line fever man <laughs> yeah for sure for sure those athletes are incredibly dedicated but uh, respectfully like I think a lot of these kids they don't see uh, themselves doing it for a very long time. Um, and they just want to keep developing different skills. And I think water polo is a sport that harnesses everything, right? The physicality of rugby and wrestling, 
the tactical and finesse side of uh, games like basketball and soccer, uh, the conditioning that you need of something like a cross-country skiing or uh, endurance swimming. Um, you need it all, and I think you know New Zealand athletes are typically those kind of athletes are super well-rounded. And so you mix that with the communities that are, uh, that are good at the sport and, you know, there's no reason why we can't be best in the world. In fact, we've got our New Zealand women's program that are fighting for an Olympic a dream led by Angela Winstanley out of diocesan school. Like, they're doing phenomenal work within the New Zealand women's program and, you know, really good things are going to happen out of that. Well, let's talk about this platform sports management combine. I'm calling it a combine because it sounds like as you guys are all, you guys are all looking at uh, the, the young men and women. You've done the, the women's two days. Uh, what's been impressive? And have you already gone, I want her, I want her, I want her, I want her, I want her? Yeah, I think what's, what's really impressive is uh, the coachability of these girls here. You know, you have uh, a foreign coach with a funny accent on the side of the pool <laughs> saying things in a different way, and they're all learning and getting better. What all of us coaches were comment, uh, making commentary about yesterday was the fact that even over these two days, from day one to the end of day two, the girls were getting better, even though there was eight hours of being in the water and conditioning trainings. You know, that's incredible. Um, so learning from a coach that they've never heard his voice before. Um, so there's definitely a lot of talent out there. Um, there's lots of athleticism out there. Uh, and there's lots of great skill work. And we would, a couple of girls, uh, we were watching play tennis at lunchtime or a version of tennis at, at lunchtime. We're like, do you play tennis? And they're like, yeah, no, we just like to have a hit. But they look like professional tennis players, you mm. know. You know, so, you know, these these are really good signs. So definitely the athleticism, definitely the coachability and just definitely just the well-roundedness of all these athletes that are here. Now, now my understanding is it's a quite an intense day. You sort of have training, um, eight to midday, drills and skills, and then there's guest speakers and then there's coaching as well. Uh, and uh, you've got a two-time Olympian involved there. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Albert Espanol-Lefonte? Yeah, Albert Espanol is a phenomenal, phenomenal player and coach uh, out of Spain. Uh, two-time Olympian, uh, Champions League MVP, top goal scorer in the Spanish and Champions League. You couldn't ask for a, a better ambassador of the game. He's played all around the world for a variety of different clubs and is loved by everyone. And so we're really privileged and lucky to have someone like that on pool deck to expose these kids to what's happening over in Europe. What is the standard of the young women that you have seen in the last two days at St. Cuthbert's pool? Oh, it's incredibly competitive, incredibly competitive. Um, I think there's obviously the, the, the density of competition in New Zealand isn't as much as you'd have in the US or Australia or in Europe, but there are definitely super talented athletes out there. Alrighty, so now we move into the boys today, the young men, are about 35 men. Um, uh, is it easier for young men to get scholarships or is it easier for young women to get scholarships in the current environment we live in? Um, I think there's definitely a pathway for everyone. I wouldn't say it's easier or 
um, harder for boys or girls. Mm -hmm. It's just about what you're wanting individually out of your experience. So it depends if you want to play straight away or if you want to chase a national championship or you want to just grab a, a great education because you're an academic and want to, want to stay in the sport. So there's definitely pathways for everyone. Um, the recruiting climate today, so being able to go play in the U.S. is super competitive. Uh, with the advancements of different technologies, you're seeing so many different athletes from all around the world, from New Zealand to uh, South Africa to Georgia, and it's not uh, it's not so foreign anymore to see more Kiwis mm. going overseas. Seth, I suppose the most important thing here is what Platform are trying to do is open up the, the eyes and the windows for mums and dads to see what's available for their kids as far as scholarships go. Do you think you're going to walk away having offered scholarships to, let's just say, half a dozen uh, in total uh, athletes? Look, there's definitely, like I said, there's definitely opportunities for a lot of these kids to come come over and, and play. It just There's so many different variables that go into it in terms of timing, mm. in terms of their grades, in terms of family budget. But the number one thing that I think this uh, combine, you said it best, I think that's the best way to kind of put it, it's a combine, um, is doing is getting more eyes. I think uh, Amrit was telling me that there were over 25 coaches watching the live stream yesterday um, who couldn't make it out here for a variety of different reasons, timing and everything. But, you know, that's so good to have just eyes on what the Kiwi talent and level is. Um, so there's definitely definitely the possibility that a lot of these kids could um, go overseas at some point. Have you had positive feedbacks from mum and dad? You know, yeah, mum, mums, sure. mums I mean, not your mum and dad, mums and dads. Yeah, well, I think my mum and dad would be pretty proud. Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, it's not about me. It's about these kids. Uh, <laughs> I, the <laughs> the best uh, the best thing is is actually watching these kids watch away talking about water polo, um, and their parents coming to the side of the pool and asking how to go, and they're like, "Oh, I, I learned this," and. Oh, he's such a great coach, and oh, I hadn't thought about this, these kinds of things. Yeah, and um, you know, parents are coming up to us uh, and and having chats on the side of the pool about uh, the process and all of that. So yeah, I think that it's it's an incredible experience, and uh, I'm watching through a window in an office right now. The the boys just start. And they're all smiling, and this guy, and Albert's just coaching and dancing on the uh, pull deck. You know, not dancing, dancing, but yeah, yeah. you know, just moving elegantly, demonstrating drills. So, um, <laughs> coach, it'd be weird. Yeah, it, would, okay. <laughs> it would be it would be weird if he was doing a salsa. Well, mate, you should be a, you should be a water polo commentator after that one. Moving elegantly about another coach. He's moving elegantly. Uh, Sefa, just quickly, your team that you're an assistant coach of both men and women uh, the Pacific Tigers out of the University of Pacific where is that based it sounds really nice yeah so we're based in Stockton California which is just about an hour and a half inland from San Francisco and about a 45 minute drive south of uh, Sacramento um, we're in an area called the Central Valley uh, and we're right on the Delta River um, Right, right in uh, the heart of the Central Valley. So, you know, it's it's 
farmland. It's got we're about an hour, two hour drive from Yosemite. You know, we're we're in a really pretty place in, oh, wow. in California. Oh, well, if mums and dads are listening, their, their kids want to play water polo or any sport, then they should get in touch with you. Uh, Sefatuyaso, thanks so much uh, for coming out here and supporting uh, the platform sports management combine. And here's hoping you can take some young Kiwis and turn them into even greater people. Yeah, we, uh, we hope these Kiwis uh, dream big. <laughs> they do, man, they do. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks, Steve. You're more than welcome. Sefa Tuiaso, assistant coach for both the men's and women's water polo uh, teams at the University of Pacific. Man, sounds fantastic. Uh, it has been very, very cool, and it's a combine. So 35 uh, young men now are training over the next two days in front of these coaches from Penn State, who have got two coaches, Brown University, which is one of the Ivy Leagues, and then the University of the Pacific, of which, and that's a top Division One school, by the way, and when you're playing Division One, anything in American college sport, that is a big deal. If you've got some thoughts on that, feel free. Uh, 0800 That's 0800 On the Timber Bedpost text line, couple of, t- couple of texts, one too good, one not so flash, but we're going to read them because uh, the breakfast team, as Ian Rick have been saying, what would, you, what would your sporting wish be if you were sitting on Santa's knee for 2024? Uh, one has just popped up uh, from Gordon, says, Zoe Hobbs to make the Olympic 100 metre final in France. Why not? Uh, you, you look at the trajectory that Zoe Hobbs has been on and she's getting closer and closer. But the, the hardest thing for all of us to understand is though, you know, the trajectory looked good. You get to, if you want to make an Olympic final, it's going to be down to thousandths of a second, tenths of a You know, it's ridiculous. So that's how tough it is. But you make an Olympic final and you just make the final, that's a win as far as, 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 far as I'm concerned. Uh, this one, SVG to rock in NASCAR next year. Well, he's only doing... Uh, six races next year, okay? So just remember that. He's only doing six races, and then he's he's got a full season in the Xfinity Series, which is like, uh, how would you describe it? It's like reserve grade for NRL, uh, but that's just as competitive. And Richie Stanaway to win supercars next year. Very possible, considering he's with Grove Racing and with Matt Payne, so it's a, an all-Kiwi Line. In fact, there are now five New Zealanders in supercars next year after Brad Jones Racing signed up Jackson Evans, Porsche driver, uh, for that final car that Jack Smith's family owned, but he's decided uh, to get out. Well, frankly, he was just not good enough. He was, he was mud. He was at the back of the field for like how many years he's been. He, he's decided to, to pull the pun, pin, pin on his career, and that's fine. That's fine by all of us. And then I, I suggested that, you know, I would like to see Emirates Team New Zealand defend the America's Cup, and Dan's popped up and basically uh, slagged it and slagged and slagged Grant Dalton. And I'm going to say one thing, Dan. You don't know him, okay? I know him. You don't know him. I'll tell you one thing I've learned uh, about Grant Dalton. He has one mantra and one mantra only. Win. That's all that matters. Win. Now, if that doesn't spin your wheels, then nothing's going to spin your wheels. All right? And it's not here It's not here in New Zealand. We know why it's not here in New Zealand. No money. No one, would, no one wanted to uh, stump up. And so it's in Europe. And that's the way it is. I've had a look at the, around the facilities in Spain. It is unbelievable. And all the big corporates are back in and amongst it. So... Yeah, sorry, Dan, uh, and you don't need to respond to to my uh, text anyway, or my answer to your text. Uh, you just don't know. It's as, it's as simple as that. Anywho, nine twenty two. The other thing I wouldn't mind your thoughts on us this morning is stadiums. Do we need a national stadium? 
No, we don't. We don't need a national stadium. What we need is a sensibly built stadium with around 40,000, right? Don't worry about having World Cups and other events here. We're a country of five million people. Five, Brian, are you with me on this one? You know, we, there's always been this argument. You know, the one, the one stadium they mentioned back in 2018, 1.8 billion, we don't have enough, we don't have the money. The money's not here. The, what happens in, in America is that private companies buy the land and then they are sort of, or gifted the land by the, their city sort of councils themselves. And then, but the, the marketplace is ridiculously big over there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have blimmin' cities with more population than our country. Yeah, completely. And I and I don't th- I don't think the commercial things there. So if you've got a thought on how big a stadium we should have in this country, like a okay, let's say Auckland, just get down to the business. I'd love to know. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. And do you think we should? Or the Timber Bed Post text line on double eight double three. Alrighty, we better set this up, shouldn't we? Set up stumped because we're going to play stumped. Uh, by the way, where's Louie? I haven't heard Louie this morning. Are you there, Louie? Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, I am here. <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, my apologies. Nah. I don't, you know, I just got straight into it. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Stephen. It's great. I'm happy to be here, mate. And uh, we, we, we've got a national stadium being built here in Christchurch. Yeah, no, so, ready no, in 2026. No. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, nice work, champ. Uh, national stadium. But honestly, Louie, do you think we need, quote unquote, a national stadium? I don't. Nah, of course not. And, and you know, a waterfront stadium in Auckland, I think, is imperative if, we, if Auckland wants to be taken. Um, it's it's more about Auckland as a city rather than just yeah. our sporting identity. Like, if Auckland wants to be taken seriously as a world-class <laughs> city, which it should be because it, it has every, all the makings and it's just can't get it out of its own way. A, a, a little stadium, let's call it a little, a medium little stadium of... <laughs> 30 to 40, because yeah, you still want to be able to have All Blacks games there that can sell out and yeah. like make enough money. Well, you'll sell them out. They'll just, if it's a smaller stadium, they just, they'll hike the ticket prices, right? That's, 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 that, a, that's a given. How big is your stadium in, in, in Chichich? I think it's going to be about 28, 29, 30 oh. around that. And, so it's, it's, and it's, it's already not, over budget? Of course. No, remember, it doubled because they didn't get it going. It's, it's like it, literally, oh, I think it's like 500, 600 million. But I've been, I've done a tour of it yeah. because Cam George is bringing Warriors games down here. Oh, so he right. came in and uh, I went in and did a tour of, and it is going up so fast. So already starting to piece the concourse together. It's it's going to wow. just, and it's in a beautiful part of town. So very exciting. Well, big ups to them. And also big ups to the Air New Zealand Transport Authority for opening up the new bridge on State Highway 25 for the Kopu Hikawai and opening up the Coromandel again under budget and in a shorter duration. So if you're travelling on the road and heading towards the Coromandel, State Highway 25A is open, baby. Go open, go over that new bridge and congratulations to the NZTA and all the contractors that did it. Magnific- I've never heard of a project like that before being done under budget and on time. Anyway, who wants to play Stumped today, all right? We're playing for a dozen lagers thanks to Castles Brewing Company, award-winning flavour, freshness and quality. Head to castles.co.nz or .nz uh, for more info, R18, drink responsibly. So if you want to get up and get stumped, we'll have a crack. Well, it won't be hard. It won't be hard to stump me. Uh, get on the blower now. 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811 and play stumped. And you can have uh, a little imbibe courtesy of Castles Brewing Company brand are experts in agriculture covering your equipment parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field summer or winter he's the voice of sport in aotearoa this is mornings with ian smith on SENZ.
Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yes, he is, but he's not here today. He's doing some magnificent work offshore at the moment. Is he brave? Still offshore, old Smithy, calling calling international cricket? Ah, oh, they love him. They love him. Anyway, uh, Stephen McIver in the house till half past ten in the Weight Watchers version of mornings. It's, uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, we're on till 10.30. Then Daniel McCarty will pick up at the... He'll pick up the build-up to the second one day between Bangladesh and the Black Caps and Nelson. OK, Louis, uh, I'll, I'll let this one go to you. We've only got one call in, so Ed, at the moment. But if you want to play Stump now, it is early. 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. A dozen lagers, thanks to castlebrewing.nz. All right. All right, and drink responsibly. All right, Louis, all yours. Well, it's all Ed's really, isn't it? Uh, Ed uh, here in, well, he's not in Tolaga, I don't think, anymore. But Ed, you could, Ed, here's the thing, mate. You could take Stephen McIver on at motorsport if you wanted, but I wouldn't recommend doing that. You could take him on at baseball or football (laughs) otherwise. (laughs) Why don't you just set him up for the win, Louis? (laughs) Well, Should should we just give him the dozen now? (laughs) Ed, Ed, what do you you want there, Brian? Can we flick it over? Well... I already want a dozen, so I'll take him on a motorsport. Oh, mate. Can I just say something, Ed, right? I'm not an expert, right? I'm not an expert. So you could be you could be walking away with another dozen, all right? <laughs> oh. Wow. It's got a right, weird reverse that's... psychology. I yeah, don't know, I know what's going on here, like the emotional hedge. Um, <laughs> Ed, Come Ed, on, Louie. Ed, uh, Craig from Tauranga knows his motorsport. He was just waiting to hear that. Oh, I know. Uh, Ed... Who won the Supercars title in 2023? Hey. <laughs> hey? What do you mean? No. Not 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 the answer, Ed. Uh, do, do I get to answer? Do I get to answer? Yes, you do, McCoy. You do, Steve. Yeah, of course ah. it is. Brody Kostecki. Just a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot. And away it goes. Okay. Well, straight to Craig and Tauranga we go. Craig, are you there? Yeah, g'day, Louis. Yeah, g'day, Craig. Okay, mate. How are you? G'day, Stephen. I'm good, thanks. All right. What do you want? All right, Craig. Oh, definitely. Supercars, come on. No, he, he stays with it. Oh, he stays okay. with it. All right, okay. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. What team will Shane Van Gisbergen be racing for in NASCAR next season? I can't remember the name of it. Project 97. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what the thing Now, yeah, yeah. okay, do I get a crack now? Yeah, yeah, you do. One of the worst things I have ever <laughs> seen done on a cricket field. So so the team is uh, contrary to his track house racing. He's actually going to be racing for Cowlig Racing, which is a sub Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Yeah, boy! <laughs> Oh, 800 150 We've got one question. It's a one-question shootout for pole position and a does lagers are here against Stephen McIver. Hey. One motorsport question. This is your chance. If you wanted one of these, this box of beautiful Castles lagers, you're not going to get a better chance now. Oh, 800 150 There's someone there. Jade from Hamilton? Is that Jade from Hamilton? Uh, we've got the lines of the boards are lighting up. It's like... um. What does Marcus Lush say? The boards are lighting up like a Christmas tree this time of year. <laughs> Who's Marcus Lush? 
Okay, come you on. Were, you were a dollar one to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you set, hey, no, you set me up. Come on, come on. Uh, Craig from Taranaki, come in, chopper. Steve, how you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Off you go, Louis. What type of racing is Mad Mike Whittett most famous for? Oh, too easy. <laughs> too easy, too easy. That's not too easy. Who was it? Mad, Mad, Mad Mike. Yeah. yeah. Mad Mike, come on, Mad Mike. Hey, hey, settle down, Louis. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a two and a run here. <laughs> nah, should I? Sorry, can't help you out. You're kidding me, right? Hey, Mike. No, I've heard about. Yeah, no. Well, I the um. Things I have ever seen. Oh, well, let, 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 let me inspire you. Uh, he's a drifter. He was a drifter, and oh, yeah. but more right, more importantly, uh, he's just he's just produced the first five rotor Mazda. He's a huge Mazda man, right? It's a five rotor. That's all I'm going to say. If that means anything to you, good, because it means nothing to me. I know it's in the engine. That's what it's all about. So right, well you're three and zero here, Stephen. Oh, um, let's so keep that playing. Means let's we just keep go, playing. We, yeah, <laughs> we will. We will keep playing until someone wins. We're going to go to Wade in Christchurch, are we, Brian? Is that is that right? Wade, morning. Morning. Wade, can you tell me in 2023 how many race victories oh, in total? Oh no, you bugger! Did Max Verstappen <laughs> have? Damn it! Um, uh, uh, no, but I'll have a guess at only Rambers in the calendar. They say 13. He said 13. One of the worst things. I have ever seen. Done on the um, field. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go seventeen. One of the worst ah! things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. How far off was I, Louis? Uh, it's nineteen race wins, and he has uh, yeah obliterated all season records. So oh, yeah. this is where uh, this is the greatest game ever because Wade got the question wrong, but uh, so right. he. <laughs> but he also wins. Because <laughs> really? you got it wrong. Yeah, that's how it works. Really? Wade, you missed, you missed the stumping opportunity. Wow, so so Wade, you get you get a dozen castles lager. Beautiful. <laughs> mate, I would say more than beautiful, I'd say yippee. Uh but the, uh, congratulations, mate, for playing and not not w- winning but not winning, if you get my drift. Perfect. I'm a sport I know nothing about. Well, you should know more about it because it's fun. Hey, mate, what are you doing? I know for, now. What, are you, what are you doing for Christmas, mate? Family? Uh, yeah, bit of golf, bit of horse racing. Nice. All right, mate. Well, thanks for thanks for playing. Uh, stumped by Smithy and Louie and Stephen and Brian, and uh, be safe on those roads, eh? Yeah, don't don't hang up so uh, Brian can have a chat to you. So that's how it works. Stumped by Louis, Stephen, and Brian. And a dozen lagers thanks to Castlesbrewing.nz, brewingco.nz, award-winning flavour, freshness, and quality. Head to castles.nz for more info, R18, and please drink responsibly. As we continue our Weight Watchers version of uh, Mornings with Smithy, we're here till 10.30, and then Daniel McCarty will take over and build up towards that second one day between the Black Caps and Bangladesh and Nelson. It's probably a cracking day there. Uh, did you know any of those questions if you had had to answer them, Louis? Yeah, I would have got Brady Kostecki, absolutely. I, I do keep <laughs> One. A, a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been able to give you um, the Shane Van Gisbergen team. No, no, I wouldn't. <clears throat> no, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. But, uh, there's a lot of interest, but uh, what is, he's going to, uh, if you don't, 
if there's no NASCAR in this country, I don't know, don't know who, who's got it. Uh, it's sort of going to be like, I think it was on uh, TV3 this year on highlights form. So you'd, you'd have to watch that way. Or I'm not sure if they have one of those apps. Yeah, NASCAR has an app to do things like that. But it's going to be interesting because the Xfinity series that Shane Van Gisberg is involved in is incredibly competitive. And actual NASCAR drivers are racing in it as well. So there is a heap going on there, and it'll be really interesting. But he's already settled in, bought, got a house in North Carolina, and he's going to be a good old boy. So there you go. All right, 940 here on SCNZ, 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. I'm just keen to know whether you think uh, what sort of stadium size Auckland should have. I don't think it should have anything more than 40,000, uh, and, and a nice one too, and a, a proper precinct like they have around the world. Uh, you can text me on 8883 like Pete did, who said, you did. Yeah, right. Small stadium means expensive tickets. Who are the most fickle supporters? The rich and indulged. Wow. Grassroots fan base will be disadvantaged. They won't be disadvantaged if they are smart like the Warriors and have cheap tickets and cheap family tickets if people are smart. But where does common sense lie a lot of this country? Nowhere. 9.41 uh, coming your way in uh, just a mo. Uh, Louis is going to entertain you with the Love Racing Update. Big names, big games, big money. It's the English Premier League, live on SENZ right through the season. Get the EPL in your ear canal right here. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The Love Racing.NZ Update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. (laughs) (laughs) That's Louis because he's so happy this morning. The Grand Tour Racing Festival is back. It's time for that Love Racing update with Louis Herman Watt in our Christchurch studio. Grab your mates, get on course and visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. Louis, all yours, buddy. Yeah, I'm actually going to find a race day tomorrow. I'm going to head to Otaki um, on the um, above Paraparumu there on the Kapiti Coast. So uh, that's where the in-laws hail from. And, and I noticed they had a race meeting tomorrow. So we, I shall uh, swing along. Cam's texted the show and said, lads, load up on Simbin at Trentham on Saturday. Cam, I can't think that far ahead. It's sa- That's Saturday. I've got to get through a full card at Ashburton today where we've got to watch Betty Spaghetti go around. Probably just wins again, doesn't she? Um, and then, obviously, Otaki tomorrow. And then, what are they racing on Friday? I imagine they probably are, Cam. Um, where are we? We're at Matamata on Friday. You should know that, Cam. You're from Cambridge, just down the road. And then we'll get to Tarapa and Trentham um, on the weekend. Cam, do you have any... You're tipping us Sinbin, a Robbie Patterson runner at, at Trentham. You must have some Central Districts mail then. Can you just give me the... Can you t- can you forward me the results for tomorrow today? Could you do that for me, Cam, at, at Otaki? That would be very, very helpful, mate. But seriously, if anybody likes anything tomorrow, I will happily take it to the track in my back pocket. Uh, I can't wait for that. We will get markets for Boxing Day later on today as well. And I've had a look at some of those fields. Oh, just fantastic. So um, the acceptances are there for next Yeah, next well, what is that? Tuesday? When? Uh, yeah, Tuesday, I guess, Boxing Day is, isn't it? Um, some amazing races, including the Hallmark Stud. Yes, the Hallmark Stud. Great people. Uh, eight, carat, eight carat 
Classic. Now, Molly Bloom, Tulsi, Mary Shan, Glamour Tycoon, Orchestral, Charmer, Chica Mojito, Grail Seeker, Firestorm, About Time, New Millennium, Millennium Livid Sky, Sanduku, The Yes Girl. But the top half of that field, Molly Bloom, Tulsi, Mary Shan, Glamour Tycoon, Orchestral, is star-studded. Very, very good to see uh, those thousand guineas fillies back. I can't wait to see the markets. That's a group two. The group one Cambridge Stud Zabil Classic. Um, that's a ripper, isn't it? Aegon, no compromise back from Australia. Pre defer, Gino Severini. Um, but really, you, you, you're just stoked to see those mares in there. Campionessa, Aquacade. Uh, Mazzolino in, in the race for Stephen Marsh. A little bit interesting to see. And one bold cat who won at the track. Um, well, in the, he, he was just so good in the County's Cup. So he gets his crack at weight for age racing for Robbie Patterson. Um, Boxing Day. Brilliant. So there's lots going on there. Uh, I will just quickly jump back to Ashburton today um, while they are racing because there are one or two that I don't mind. Um, Betty Spaghetti kind of looks a bit like a weight special here, doesn't it? I mean, she goes up into open handicap company but she, she won just so well off the top in a really strong 75 over cup week. She gets 54 kgs. Sam win, barrier three today. Uh, tick, 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 tick. She's got the picket fence form line. She seems to be very progressive. Betty Spaghetti, she's going through the grades. I wouldn't be punting against her today in race number eight. Um, now, there is a, a very interesting horse called Trickster today going around in race four. He's got all the tricks in the book. Literally, he's a very strange horse. He does things very, he does things the hard way. But boy, he's got a motor. He's a three-year-old Regice, and he's got form uh, behind Taliska, um, who was obviously a, a big, big push during Cup Week. Uh, and then himself, Trickster during Cup Week, he he started at four point nine. He got punted in, and just he just put in a a bit of a strange performance. But Mazzucato won that race and Mazzucato is a pretty serious horse himself so Trickster race forward just if he can get it right he's a great each way bet at 650 to 40 and uh, I will have a look Cam I was kidding I will have a look at at um, Trentham this week for you because it's important for me to tell you that Romancing the Moon has bounced out of the J-Swap sprint in the weekend she's been nommed down here they're backing her up at Wait for Age company so she does go up in the weights a little bit um it's a pretty fair field but and not a rock star field remember she won a group one for the in the levin classic at this track she does get it soft it's a heavy track at the moment hopefully it dries i'm a little bit worried about trentham's track condition i'll be honest i am a little bit worried after it absolutely hosed down there last weekend but she's been backed in 550 to 380 so that tells me someone knows something off the bat I've absolutely pumped her. So Romancing the Moon, she's on the quick backup. She was so brave last week. Um, if if you're watching that sort of market move there, you must be getting confidence from the stable that she has backed up, and she's um, she's really, really well. Uh, race six tomorrow, Deadly Pony wins. She has been incredibly unlucky today. Change of jockey, good draw, let's go. Tim, Deadly Pony, race six tomorrow. Tim on the text line. I absolutely love that. Uh, from you mate I asked you delivered very good stuff that is your love racing update oh Ryan Elliott Lisa Ladder Barrier 4 the Pacini Mare I don't hate it 
I don't hate it. I see where you're coming from there, Tim. Uh, double eight, double three. If you've got any tips for the, the summer period, obviously I'm not going anywhere. McIver uh, is here as well. He's going to get us to the top of the hour and talk some boxing up after 10. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to SENZ. This has been your Love Racing Update. Call Manchester United, Liverpool, Man City, Everton, Burnley. We've got you covered. Get the EPL in your ear canal on SENZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. SNZ on a Wednesday morning with a bit of fast love from the late great George Michael. Gotta say, if I'm driving in the summer, uh, that's one of the songs and one of the albums I'll put on, like the best of George Michael. I'm a bit of an original whamster. Original whamster. Yeah, I know. Louis, get the smirk off your face. I'm an original whamster. What are you, an original what? Spice Girl? Yeah, yeah you're right. An original Louis Herman what? <laughs> what's, your, what's your music choice? What's your summer music choice? Summer music choice. Um, do you know, that's a very, very good question. I can I tell you, have, Stephen, it what? goes duff duff. <laughs> Are you a duff duff? <laughs> You're not oh, a duff duff, like I, like, I, like, I like house music. I like a little bit of light drum and bass. Okay, um, I'll give you a little band. I'll give you a little Kiwi band for you of uh, summer music. Definitely uh, summer surf sounds. A little New Zealand band called Flaxies. Oh. F L A X X I S. Flaxies. In fact, we'll find some music. They've got a couple of new songs out on Spotify, and we might even throw a little piece of uh, something before uh, 10.30 this morning. Flax is good summer sound. 9.15, almost 10 o'clock. Coming you after 10, we talk about the Dizone Day of Reckoning. Parker Wilder, Joshua and Wallen. Wow. Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, 23rd, coming your way. Stephen Mulhausen from Dizone talks about Parker's chances. Can he stop the big ride of Deontay Wilder? Well, we'll see what he thinks. Stick with us right here on SENZ on a Wednesday. Behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Ten oh four on a Wednesday around New Zealand and Australia on the SENZ app or SEN app, 0800 150811 or... The Timber Bed Post text line double eight double three. The day of reckoning in Riyadh, December twenty three. It is a stacked 
stacked card. There's a co-main event, Anthony Joshua Otto won it against, and then Wilder Parker, but Wilder Parker, you could probably consider being the undercard because it's the second to last fight of the night. And then there are other fights I'll go through, but I really want to know what uh, Stephen Mulhausen from DAZN, contributing writer to DAZN, thinks about these top two fights. Uh, Hello to you, Stephen. Thanks for joining us. Oh, what? I know it's a big fight week when I when I get on the big show here. <laughs> we'll take that any day of the week, mate. Look, let's just break the the two main event fights down. Joshua, I'm not, I'm not convinced by Joshua, but what does Otto Wallen have that could he get? Could he upset Joshua at all? One hundred percent. And if you just watch the Tyson Fury fight, I think that's all he really needs to do. He fights like that. He doesn't have the biggest power in the world. Let's not be mistaken. He's not going to go in there. and He doesn't have the power to knock out Anthony Joshua. But what he does have is very, very good boxing skills. And that gave Tyson Fury a lot of trouble. And I think if you're going to beat Anthony Joshua, you have to finesse him. Can he land a shot? Sure, but the best recipe for success for Otto Wallen is just be himself. Don't get caught up in the moment. This is a bigger moment than facing Tyson Fury. There's going to be a lot more people in the crowd than than there was. And there's a lot of pressure in this fight. There's a lot of expectation. If Joshua and Wilder do their thing and do what everyone is expecting them to do, maybe they're going to fight in the the beginning of 2024. So there's a lot riding on this for Otto Wallace. Yeah, I, I look at Joshua and I look at a, I look at a, a fighter that looks like seemed to be continuing fighting mental demons of expectation, and and does he and is he got is his draw tough enough? Say that one more time. I get the impression that Joshua is the type of fighter that's constantly fighting mental demons since he hasn't, you know, he had this amazing rise to, to uh, of success and started and then sort of fell away. And I wonder whether he struggles with pressure a lot of the time. Fantastic question, and you're one hundred percent right. I've I've spent time with AJ, and he's a people pleaser. He wants to put on. He carries the weight of the country of England on his shoulders. When he fought in America, he carried the weight of the United States on his shoulders against Andrew Ruiz in a fight he really didn't have to take. And, you know, a lot of guys would not have taken that high caliber of fight on such short notice. And he, and that's been the issue with him. And you've seen what happened in the Ruiz fight. And then you've seen what's happened since then. And he's, that loss really ruined him. And then you look at the fights with Usyk, and those are really losses not to be ashamed of. If you're losing to the best heavyweight in the world and arguably pound for pound the best fighter on the planet, and especially the second fight was extremely close, that's not, that's something to hang your head on, the fact you hung with him. Because I think Usyk handles Fury, and I think he handles him quite easily. And you got to give AJ credit for that, but I think he just he's finally, I think, in a great mental space because now he just doesn't care. Now he's in that mode of like, now he knows what he needs to do. You look at the Jermaine Franklin fight. You look at the Robert Hellenius fight. It seems the, the mojo is back. <laughs> and now there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It feels like it's back. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's fighting all of world boxing. If Deontay Wilder does his job, all AJ's got to do is do his job 
we get the fight that people want to see. The mental demons, yes, is he overcome them? I think we find out 100% on Saturday. Stephen, when you were describing what Otto Wallen had to do to Anthony Joshua, I actually thought you were talking about Joseph Park and what he had to do to Deontay Wilder and just finesse him and stay out of that big right, the, uh, get out of the way of that big right that Wilder possesses because you get the impression Parker doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the power to uh, knock out Wilder. He's going to have to go the distance. I agree 100%. There, there's only, I think there's one path for Joseph Parker, and that is, and that is the route that he's used to get him to this point. Use his boxing. You know, he is the he. If you look at just boxing skills between both guys, Joseph Parker's the better fighter, but Deontay Wilder has the big equalizer. He's got the, de- the detonating right hand, and that's what Joseph Parker's going to have to stay away from. If Joseph Parker can do what Tyson Fury did, and that's where I think Joseph Parker has a better chance to win than a lot of people are giving him. He's worked with Tyson Fury. I've, Tyson Fury's probably been a really big factor in this training camp for him. They're both training at the same time, so he's able to give Parker something different, for, give Parker almost basically the same thing that what he did in the Wilder fight, the Wilder fight. And what do we know about Wilder's chin? Maybe Parker catches him. Robert Helene is sitting even coming close to hitting Deontay Wilder. Joseph Parker is going to hit him. I think we're going to find out a lot about Deontay Wilder's chin. We're going to find out a lot about his mental fortitude. He's only fought less than a round in the last two-plus years after that rock'em, sock'em robots when they get, got knocked down four times against Tyson Fury in October of 2021. So we still don't know much about Deontay Wilder. Joseph Parker has a better chance to win than people are giving him. He can win a boxing match, but what happens if he does clip Wilder? Does Parker, does Wilder stand there or does he crumble? Is that chin gone? We find out a lot about Deontay Wilder on Saturday, but if you have some money, I would lean, I would lean a little, I put a little bit of money on Joseph Parker. Wow, okay. I, I just wonder how Parker approaches this one. I mean, he's said openly that Tyson Fury has told him, stay away from the right, and he's going, he's going to use your words, uh, finesse him. But I, I've seen him up close, and you've probably seen him up close as well. But when Joseph Parker can play the body game, it's it's deadly. And I just wonder whether he tries to get in close and, and takes away that advantage that Wilder has and doesn't lock up the right, but doesn't give him that opportunity. I agree. I think, I think we find, I think it'll take a couple rounds if to really get a good gauge on it to see if he does try to get in. I don't think he's going to try for like a round or two. I think he tries to just to get a feel, but if he goes in there and he has some success, I can see Joseph Parker making that a point because he's been using that, that jab to the body. And that's been very effective. So I want to see if he does try it, just considering Deontay's power. This, game, this fight is both main events, and they're both main events. Let's just be, yes, Joshua Wilder, Joshua Wallings going on last. But Deontay Wilder and Joseph Parker is a main event anywhere in the world. we got two fantastic main events. So. But Joseph Parker has a good chance. If he goes with that jab to the body and finds success, I think that's going to be a thing we really got to watch as the fight goes on.
There, there is part of the build-up that makes me just giggle, and I wonder whether you just think it's showboating and part of the circus. But uh, Deontay Wilder going off to his Costa Rican uh, psyche, psychedelic drug repeat, and now says he's happy and in a better space. It's, I think the product is—it's a natural product, apparently called uh, ayahuasca. Uh, is this just—is this just showboating? He's in a good place mentally. From from people I've talked to around him. He's in such a good headspace, and that, having that time off, he needed it. You look at the wars he had with Tyson Fury, especially that third fight. And I was there with I was twenty feet away, watching one to me the greatest heavyweight fight in boxing history. And he that's a that took a mental that was take a mental toll on anybody. I don't care who it is, but just think about being the one in there and going through that. You know, Tyson came back fairly quick. Tyson, I think he came back within, like, I think it was seven or eight months. It was something around that nature. But you look at the mental fortitude of Deontay Wilder, and he is in a very good place now. He needed that time to breathe. He needed that time to relax. Took a year off, came back, go to a nice, easy win, get get the mojo back, get start feeling good about himself again. And now politics played a part in him being out for a while. But now you're, he's looking at where he's going to get a good stretch here of fights. And he's in a great place from what I've been told. He's looking, being talking to our team that's on the ground in Saudi. He say he's in a good place as well. So everything you're seeing and everything he's saying from what we, I've been told is 100% right. This is Mornings with Smithy, Stephen McIver, and here we've got about another 15 minutes before we have to head to the cricket. We're talking to uh, Stephen Mulhausen, who's a contributing writer for DAZN, which is where the, the fight will be worldwide. Before I get onto a couple of the undercard fights, which I didn't warn you about, but I'm going to throw Jay Opatire and Junior Farron there. Can you just yeah, from, yeah, can you just explain one thing for me? When you look at the most ungainly heavyweight that's about 10 foot tall, what is it that makes Tyson Fury arguably one of the greatest heavyweights we have seen? Nimble footwork. Footwork is second to none. Wow. You should not be six foot nine, way, just depending on the fight, yeah. between 270, yeah. 260 to 200. And, we'll go 285. Just to, we'll, we'll be nice. I've been, I've been around Big Tyson for a few fights, and the weight does fluctuate just a little bit. But his footwork, his discipline, inside the ring, okay. sticking to a plan, listening to his trainers. He went from who, the guy who put on one of the boringest heavyweight title fights in history when he won the titles from Vladimir Klitschko, where he just, he Muhammad Ali and jabbed his way to the heavyweight championship of the world to becoming this ferocious power puncher under Sugar Hill and becoming the man and becoming the guy to beat. Now what are we going to see with Usyk? Are we going to get the ferocious Sugar Hill? Are we going to get the, the nimble guy we saw under Ben Davidson? What, do, what are we exactly going to get here with Tyson Fury? If we, I think we get a combination of both. If we get a combination of both, no one beats him. If he just worries about being a power puncher, I think Usyk takes care of him pretty, pretty easy. But it's all about that footwork. If he, if he is in shape, and that is a big if, just the way he moves is second to none. That's what makes him so great. No doubt about it. 
Stephen, there's a lot of talk about the cruiserweight fight, one of the undercards, third fight, fight of the night. Uh, from down under, Jay Opatire, who's lost his IBF belt, and he'll face Ellis Zorro. But many people are saying Jay Opatire will be the real deal. He is the deal. <laughs> we call, used to call it Vander Holyfield here in the United States, the real deal. This is the best cruiserweight I've ever, that's ever existed. And wow. that, that says... He's got, you've had Usyk, you've had Evander Holyfield. This kid is special. You look at him and he does everything perfect. Like, you could pick apart stuff with Usyk. You could have picked apart stuff with Holyfield. When you watch this kid, and I was watching him earlier today, I was watching some tape, and then I was watching the Grand, Arri- the Grand Arrival. There's nothing that he doesn't fear. He just, he has no worries in the entire universe because he checks every box. He's got the power. He's got the boxing skill. He's got the charisma. He checks every box that you are looking for. And the IBF, I know we weren't going to go there, but. We did. I think that was a travesty. That was, that was a travesty. But it's just, every party agreed that there would be a step aside here. Martin Breedis wasn't healthy to fight. He said, go ahead, take a fight. When you're getting life-changing money that's going to help your family and help your future, you take it. I don't care who you are. Any human being would do the same exact thing. And Jai Apatai made the best decision for him and his family. And for some reason, IBF thought differently. And that doesn't take away, this kid is the best cruiserweight in the world. Wow. And it's not even close. And it's no offense to anyone out there. This kid is the deal. He, he will be a heavyweight champion of the world. Someday. He's that good. He's better than Usyk. He's better than Holyfield in this, in this weight division. He's going to put on a show on Saturday night. If that fight makes it out of the fourth round, I will be very surprised. Okay, the, the fight before it is one that uh, has a lot of interest in this part of the world uh, because Junior Farr, who's mm-hmm. got a very handy record but doesn't hasn't overly impressed with, you know, when it's stepping up to the big time. He's coached by Mike Angov out of the City Kickboxing Gym, of course, Israel Adesanya's gym. Uh, what do you think he does against Sanchez? And, and is, this a, is, this a title, is this a career-defining fight? If he loses it, he's done. Or is just boxing going to allow, you know, heavyweights to keep going around? This is a do or die. Because like you said, when he's gotten to the big time fights, he hasn't delivered. And we're going to learn a lot here because Frank Sanchez is a legit top 10 heavyweight. He, he's another, he's big, he's bulky, but he can box. He, he's got power. He's got, he can finesse you. Not as good as Tyson Fury, but he's got enough there. Well, he's worked with Eddie Reynoso, the, tr- the trainer of Canelo Alvarez. And he's learned a lot under that tutelage. And if he can be the top guy, you can make a case for Junior Fogg getting into the top 10 because he, he beat a legit top 10 guy here. But that's the question. When the lights shine the brightest, how is Junior Fogg going to react? That's been an issue in the past. He can wipe that away with a win here. Am I going to say he's going to win a world title? Let's see how he looks. Yeah. If he looks great, wins by knockout, okay, then, then maybe we got something here down the line, maybe in two, three, four years. We can talk be talking about Junior Pond in a heavyweight title fight. Yeah. We I, just got to see what happens. I love, it, it, is a, it is a really good fight, though. 
Good point. I, I love how you're not convinced, but that, that's okay, mate. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, Stephen, thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much for uh, giving us your, giving us your time, man. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the disowned day of reckoning, and uh, we'll talk to you again sometime. And from all of us here, happy Christmas, mate. All right, you two guys, and don't forget that you said something about where to watch earlier. It's on the zone pay per view everywhere around the world. The zone pay per view makes just go to the zone.com. Buy the pay-per-view early. It's selling and selling really well already, so make sure you guys order it. It should be a fantastic night. If I did it, as I say, just personally, in my own opinion, the greatest event we've ever seen in the history of boxing. Yeah, man. Look, just look at all these fights. You're not ah, going to get it anywhere else. It is stacked. Happy Christmas, mate. You, you guys have a Merry Christmas, too, and talk in 2024. We will. It's 10.20. That was Stephen Mulhausen from DAZN. Did the job, promoted the fight. It is on DAZN. You can get DAZN, of course, here in New Zealand as well. We're about uh, five minutes away from thinking about uh, cricket. And, uh, oh, did I just see someone can do a TAB remote? Louis, do you want to do a TAB update? Well, I was just thinking. I just, um, I was <laughs> I just, just saw thinking... something on my monitor saying, oh, I can do a TAB update on the card. Yeah, yeah, because so listening to Stephen there, his his chat around Jai uh, Opitaya was, yeah. So he said that if he makes the fourth round, if this fight doesn't finish within the four rounds, Mm. he'll be shocked. I had a look because I was thinking, how do we find some value here? Well, you can back Jai to win in round one to six at a dollar ninety one. Pretty much even money. That's not bad though, eh? That's not bad. I mean That's uh, pretty good. That's not bad at all. And considering the talk about Jai Opatire, uh, what did you have a look at the two main events, just what the numbers are on there, by the way? Uh, as, are, yeah. they, are they close to you? This is crazy, man. Like I, I kind of was under the impression that maybe because this is the greatest event in boxing, <laughs> that, that these might, the, the markets might be closer. But so Wallen is a four dollar outsider to AJ is a dollar twenty two. Yep. Um, Wilder is paying a dollar twelve to Joseph Parker's five fifty, which is no no favourites here then. No, wow. and um. And yeah, so Jai Opiatire is a dollar four. Uh, Bivol is a dollar four. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Dubois is a dollar thirty-three. Frank Sanchez to beat Junior Farr is a dollar six. Junior Farr is paying nine dollars. Um, uh, and then the other two fights are a dollar one, dollar ten. So I, I, like, it, I like you're not doing those because you're going on. You can't really do their names, eh? <laughs> <laughs> don't try, don't try. You, you uh, mean I can't read this name? <laughs> it's Philip Hergovic. Oh, I think it's Hergovic. Hergovic against Mark Demore, heavyweight. <laughs> so there's one, two, three, four, five, uh, seven heavyweight fights. The Bivol one's a WBA light heavyweight title fight, and then the Jaipatai's a cruiserweight fight. Honestly, when you look at what's on the line and the class, you got to hit. Mm. You can't go too fast, far. Excuse me, past Mister Mulhausen saying it is arguably one of the best cards you will ever see. But uh, those uh, odds from Louis, uh, courtesy of our good friends at the TAB, you can download the TAB app today and watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at TAB.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18, Louis. We've got. Uh, we're going to have to take a break, sure, and that'll be us done. But uh, we've got Saxton. Oval, second one day, Bangladesh against the Black Caps. A, a youngster did pretty well um, uh, batting, but he scored a ton. Is it Dean Young? Is it Dean Young? Am I right? The kid's name? 
Young. Will? Will Young, Will, Will Young, yeah. He's like 30-something. Yeah, yeah, look, um, what, do you, what do you make of this one coming up? <laughs> yeah, shush, just get on with it, come on. <laughs> I was just uh, reading it. It's, it's fantastic. It, like, yeah. this will be, it's an, it'll it be a nice day there. I've got Jeremy Coney, I've got Garth Galloway, I've got Chris Harris sitting in the office outside me. They're getting ready to get stuck in. Um, oh, McCarty, wow. obviously, and Wellington there as well. And this will be a really, really good uh, test of can the, this, because it's not a super experienced black cap side. This is not the AA side, you know. There's guys that have been brought in for to get their opportunity. Did you see overnight, no. speaking of guys getting opportunities, the 2.7 million payday for Daryl Mitchell via yeah, the IPL well, the option? One that, the one that blew me away, Russian Ravinder, star of the World Cup, goes for 346,000. What do they know? That, what does Stephen Fleming know that we don't know about him? Well, it's, you know, the way you get these big prices is if there's a bidding war and if there's two or three teams that all decide they're willing to go to. And if someone just, you know, if one team just says, I, I want him and no one else really contests it, then you can get a bargain. So Flemo, um, he's got an he's got an absolute bargain there. But, you know, he Flemo. might be a year a bit away. I mean, he Flemo. did have that amazing performance. Flemo, is this this the, now that you're in crisis, you're always your mate? Flemo. No, it's just Baz always used to call him Flemo, and I thought oh, it was a great nickname. Baz. All right, mate, uh, I probably won't talk to you again. Happy Christmas. Uh, have a great Christmas and New Year. And enjoy, probably. Enjoy, enjoy your trip up north and uh, losing some more money. It's 10.24. Uh, one day coming your way in just a moment, the build-up towards the 11 o'clock start. First ball at Saxon, Overland, Nelson, between the Black Camps and... Bangladesh. I'm Stephen McIver. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. As always, I'll be back between 9 and midday on Friday with a full show between 9 and midday right here on SCNZ. If you're on the road, be safe. Don't be stupid. Be patient. Talk to you on Friday.